This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash God is Gray. Now, on to the episode. Hi, beautiful people. Today we have a very special guest who is so dear to my heart. This is someone that I consider my mentor in Los Angeles from over 10 years ago now. Dawn Ballard. Hi, Dawn. Hi. <laughs> Hi, that is great community. Hi, cuteness. <laughs> um, I met Dawn like 10 years ago or so because I was looking for a job and I became a personal assistant to her and her husband, Alami, who is an actor. And he was on the show Numbers at the time on CBS, which was so fun and invigorating for me because I'd like go to set and eat all of craft services and hang out with the actors, feeling so cool. (laughs) Yes. Auditioning for the show, not getting the part ever. (laughs) Either of us. (laughs) Ali tried, he tried, took us up, but I guess we couldn't pull through. Alas, alas, the nepotism did not work. I know, I guess it's not as powerful as we thought. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I always, always, always reference you and Ali throughout my life. I've just found throughout this decade of just drawing back to lessons that you taught me because this opportunity was so special to me. There's so many jobs that you have that just pay the bills and you just survive it. Or the person is just bananas and you're just surviving it, which I've often had that experience more in LA. Um, But this was a job that I came into where you both showed so much compassion and kindness. I was a disaster because I was still married or I know I was about to get married. Yeah, you before. Yeah. I remember coming to you weeping because I wasn't sure if I should get married. And you guys both helped me through that. Um, So we're going to get into, I guess, our history and some reminiscing, talk to you about Dawn and her heart and just the beautiful messages of wisdom that she has to give. Um, You've been married for how long now? Oh my gosh. We were, we became what I called our legal year was last year, which is 18 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, we're legal, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We can, all the things we could do at 18. (laughs) 
yeah. So this year, 2021, will be 19. Wow. Yes, your marriage is old enough to vote. <laughs> exactly. And buy cigarettes. It can drive, it can vote, <laughs> all kinds of things. Awesome. <laughs> And we are also going to touch on the amazing revelation for me that you have two sons. At the time, I thought you had a son and a daughter, but I was mistaken. <laughs> so, so you know those gender reveals? They're kind of crap. <laughs> those gender funny. reveal parties? <laughs> you don't know. You think you know. Oh you all God. pink and blue. <laughs> I think people are going to be really interested in, in this subject. I'd love to talk about our history and your wisdom and everything, but um, we follow each other on the gram. We've been in contact over the years. And just recently, I saw in your stories this beautiful story that I shared of you with both your sons talking to Zion about him coming out as trans and how your family processed it. I think one of the most like stunning moments, because I know you are such an evolved, progressive, warm, wise person, was that you admitted that you did have a moment of like just needing to process that information. So could you just tell the God is Great community a little bit of backstory and what led to this and just how it felt? Just tell us this story. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's been funny because the language that I've been using um, whenever I reveal that my oldest is trans is just the fact that it's been this journey for our family because, you know, we, um, and I love it because, so my son is 15, Zion, uh, and then I have a 13 year old and, um, I've always been very open with conversations every year, uh, according to their age, talking about their body, how they're feeling, um, what they're experiencing, and making sure that I'm being very transparent to their age of what's going on with them, so that they're not caught off guard, like, what is this, and what's that, and why do I feel this way? Yeah. So we'd already and always had a very open conversation um, about how you're feeling and how you're presenting and how it's either meeting those two places symmetrically or are you feeling a little bit like what's going on. And so with um, formerly Naya, I always knew she was never a girly girl. So that was never on the table um, I used to say that every birthday party, we were creating capes as the takeaway, you know, um, you know, giveaway for the kids at the end of the party, because the energy was always superhero, super powered, um, very energetic and very, um, also he was very, um, protective, like this energy of being a real warrior, but I'm a warrior woman. So I was never a girly girl. I always kind of chalked it up to, fine, you're not a girly girl. I was playing football and hanging out with the boys too, not a problem. Right. So you always had a safe place to just kind of be yourself. Um, but as you grow, you definitely have societal norms about, you know, dress and 
you know, all of these things. And so, um, you know, I was always easygoing with whatever it is that you wanted to, you know, wear. I'm very fashion conscious. So I'm like, <laughs> you just got to have a point of view for what you got going on, you know? So, it's like, so that was never a problem. But I, you know, so that the conversation of you're not going to wear a dress, you're not going to this, that and the other. I was always like, just we can always find really cool ways to be appropriate. And then I'm we started hitting. That was, yeah. that was never hard for you. You were never like tripping about trying to push anything on him. No. Yeah. No. Because I just, I just mentioned that because I'm a millennial in my thirties and our gender scripts were so forced upon us. You know, if, if a boy even owned a Barbie doll, it was drama. So, you know, if a girl's dressing tomboyish, it's drama, especially if it went the other way, it was just not acceptable. So I feel like there was even, you know, did, did that require any evolution in you at all? Yeah. And I get, thank you for stopping me. <laughs> you know how you started with your platitudes and then everybody's like, okay, are you sure? Um, so what happened for me, what I was so thankful for is I'm such a reader. I'm always trying to stay ahead of my children's age. So that's a huge thing for me because every age they, they get, I've never had a, a kid that age. So I've never had a 15 year old until this baby turned 15. I haven't had a 16 year old yet. So I'm trying to constantly stay with the parenting books and making sure that I'm um, opening myself up and that I'm learning and I'm growing. And so uh, one book that was just pivotal for this moment, like not hitting me on the blind side, was this book called Conscious Parenting. Um, and her name is, um, I always want to mess up her name, but um, we'll put it in the notes. Yeah, I can link it. But um, she, her name is Safari, and I feel like Talib is the last name. But her book is just like, you don't own your kids. They are their own souls. They're their own beings. They're not an extension of you in the sense that when they do something, it sheds this light and I'm constantly trying to control them in order to have the light shed on me be bright and beaming, right? Mm -hmm. um, I feel better when I have a cheerleader daughter. It makes me prettier. I feel tougher when I have a football player son because that makes me feel like, I did something. Mm. This is not what's going on. They have their own perfect microcosm of who they are that's perfectly made and they're ready to go. I'm here to help shepherd them through this process of growing. Um, I told Zai when he did come out, I was like, well, the things that never change, like making sure that you have, you know, character and you have strength and you have, you uh, take showers and you put on deodorant doesn't change whatever the gender. So those things of who I am as their parent does not change in those ways to make sure you grow up with a sense of yourself, of your self-worth uh, and making sure you're an honest, wonderful human doesn't change. Um, you know, we told the kids from young, you're a spirit that has a body. So the body is this framework and however that comes and what you do with that, that's something that's a to you moment, but you're a spirit. And so even when he was coming out, the younger, <laughs> which is our Cairo. He's like our philosopher poet, amazing kid. 
he was like, mom, you've already told us, you know, that, you know, we're just spirits that have a body. So um, this should be kind of no problem. And I was like, <laughs> you sure did learn. <laughs> right. And um, so, yeah, so he really, um, we went through middle school. So, you know, crucible, what a crucible middle school is. So middle school, I knew that he was really um, having a hard time with those moments when you're like, you have your first dance and you don't want to wear a dress and you have your crushes and it's not feeling like this is lining up to your friends and what's going on. Um, so I thought lesbian. Um, I thought, I, I never thought trans. Um, but so I kept going, okay, so, you know, just let me know. We have our, you know, sex education talks and, you know, making sure that you're clear about, uh, that you own this body, that, you know, you're good to it and you don't let people touch it unless you feel good about that and, um, all the normal conversations. And so at the end of his, uh, eighth grade year, I... (laughs) We went to, like, it was a crazy long year. It was like we had to move and so much was going on. Allie was working out of town uh, on the show that he's on now. It was in New Orleans. The moment we came back together in a hotel room in New Orleans, he was like, I need to talk to you guys. And both Allie and I were like, wait a second. We haven't been together as a family. Give us one dinner. Whatever you have to say can wait. (laughs) And so the next day, he's like, okay. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. And you you thought it was going to be the coming out as a lesbian conversation or? Girl, I ain't know what this child had to say. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't even, I mean, it would have been so tiring of a year. And they had just culminated from eighth grade and the, um, the younger from fifth. So elementary and middle school in the middle of moving, in the middle of Allie being out of town, uh, you know, buying a house and you know, uh, like selling a house and it was just so much going on. I honestly didn't even like go there in my head because both of my kids, they do have like, I need to talk to you. And it could be like, you know, I'm feeling like my friendships are not really reflective of who I am <laughs> becoming as a person. So you never know, like that could have been the conversation. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and so instead it was that, you know, I, um, I really have realized that I am just, I'm, I'm not a girl. And um, I, uh, that's just not the definition of who I feel myself to be. Um, I've chosen another name. The name is Zion. And it was a name that I had in his baby book when I didn't know if I was having a girl or a boy. So it was kind of like it washed over me in this way that like, uh, that makes sense, you know? And um, so we were all in the hotel room. I asked him later, I was like, what was the worst thing that could have happened in that moment? And he was like, I think you saw it on the um, the video. And he, in that moment, he told me that if I would have burst out in tears, and all of us would have been, <laughs> that would have been the worst thing. Yeah. And we were, I think Allie and I were both like, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. So new pronouns. And so we're just kind of listening. Um, 
I love Allie. He's just, I just partnered with the best guy. And so our whole thing is you are born perfect. God has made you perfect. So whatever it is that is coming up for you, of course, in that first year, we were open to the fact that you're discovering it like we're discovering it. So, you know, you could have a change of heart. Who knows? You know, we just wanted him to know that we're respectful of how you feel and who you are. Um, you are uh, pleasing to our site. And so we want you to know that that doesn't change. Um, but I had to mourn my girl. I wanted a girl. I had a girl. Now I don't have a girl, you know? So that did change role-wise, just like I had a girl to share women wisdom with. Allie had a boy to share boy wisdom with. And now I you know, had to hand over Zai to Allie in certain ways to shepherd them in the male wisdom way. And um, yeah, so it was still like, you know, you have to mourn and you have to, um, which is not a disrespect or a non, I guess, non-acceptance. Acceptance has to be because that to me is like just not believing what's in front of you and who people are. And you're allowed to have dominion over your body, name yourself. And um, so that was automatically not a problem. Um, but yeah, I had to, you know, mourn the girl, you know, desires and pictures and mental imagery of what I wanted in, you know, recipes or whatever I thought girlness was, you know, I did have to let that go. So that was a process still. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's such a beautiful story. And I wonder, you know, you're talking about Ali, like shepherding Zion in all the male ways. But at the same time, has this not kind of like blown out your idea of what masculinity and femininity even is well you know it's like i feel that yeah in a way it's well we've educated ourselves so much because of course these are words that you've heard in society but didn't necessarily know what was trans what does that mean mm. and we're so fortunate um to have a child who's so emotionally sound that we can talk and you know and dialogue about it because he is discovering himself and what's true for him and when he realized it and i was so we went to this um trans support meeting and there's a lot of people who have such a challenging time with themselves you know children who um are self-harming children who are um, having depression, children who are, you know, just not able to just feel good, you know, about their lives and who they are. So we never had that with him. So it was so interesting to be able to see what freedom and what um, being on board with yourself, even as you grow, kind of le led to more of a, just a flowering of another stage. Because it's mm -hmm. almost like, oh, you're a caterpillar oh this is what you become this butterfly oh okay you know and some people are yeah. like you are a caterpillar <laughs> i saw you crawl around that is what you're supposed to be and we were all like oh 
okay. And then it really was, let's catch up. Let's educate ourselves. And yes, there's not as many cis, you know, male, cis, female people. Um, there's so much um, fluidity that we are not even aware of. And how you dress, I mean, of course, I saw your, I didn't see the whole thing, but your thing on Harry Styles wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things are just ways that we're trying to make sense of the universe and the world. And we pigeonhole people because it's an easier way to say, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. And we want solid ground with so many things that just aren't that way. And so allowing that movement to happen within us and not throw us off course is what I think this dance of just being alive affords us. And some people are like, no, and it caused them so much inner turmoil and inner pain and their families freaking out. And I just, you know, but again, that conscious parenting book was so huge because if you do think that your children are a byproduct of quote unquote, how well or how not well you're doing, um, not in the sense of, are they good humans? I hope I'm raising a good human. Right. But in wow. this, the fact that that is not the focus is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. are you wearing, are you raising an honest, a kind, a um, giving, a generous, a thoughtful, a deep thinker, a logical thinker, um, you know, somebody who's going to really add their talents and gifts to society? That's my concern and that's always you know so I was like okay you I'm raising a boy who are all those things I'm raising a girl who's all those things so it wasn't um disruptive in that way but of course it is you know you have a learning curve Zai was very upset with us a lot in the beginning because we would get pronouns wrong Mm. but I told him I was like you know we've had 13 years of you being a she. So we're going to need a moment to catch up, but know that it's, uh, you know, charge it to my head and not to my heart. Mm. And uh, he was very patient with us. And we really did the work to catch up, to make sure that our language and, um, you know, just, you know, daddy started cutting his hair. And, oh my gosh, when I came home that first day that he had gotten his hair cut, Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Here we go. Oh, thank you for sharing that with so much vulnerability. And I hope that's helpful to any parents that are addressing this. The thing that's coming up for me is this false toxic narrative in Christianity and in our churches, our non-affirming churches that says that trans people and LGBTQ people in general are facing so much inner turmoil because there is something wrong with them. Like the Mm. turmoil, the source of the turmoil is being trans, is being queer. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that because that does not sound like your experience. And it sounds like Clearly, you and Ali took on the work for yourselves. You didn't allow your child to do that labor. You did the emotional labor and the educational labor to catch up with him so he would know that there's nothing wrong with him. And even the way you raised him from childhood with what sounds like comprehensive sex education that is age appropriate in every year, which I'm a gigantic advocate of, 
you know, you helped lead him to a place of health and wholeness when this realization came up for him. So what would you say to like the Christian parent that is like, I have done something wrong. This is why my child is like this, or even this is something wrong with my child that needs to be fixed. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting because I, you know, a part of me has tried to um, divine what I felt was kind of like the crux of being able to have this pivot be so smooth in certain ways. And a part of it, I feel like, is that idea that we come in, and I know I was listening to um, one of your other talks where we were talking about the idea of sin. And to me, this understanding of the idea of sin is knowing that you're separate from God or thinking falsely that you're separate from God and all those ways that we sin, feeling like we are not um, this beloved um, creation that God has created uh, leads to that sin to yourself of not being um, accepting and fully feeling and understanding that God's love has no limits, right? Mm. And so therefore, whoever I am, God has made me to be this. And so therefore, I still revel in that beauty. So for me, I raised the children always knowing that they were enough, that how they came, uh, where, you know, what they come from, we're enough, and that they're creating enoughness in their lives in the sense that, um, you know, you're retrofitted for your moment, for your, your talents and what is going to look like your struggle, or uh, it's going to look like your challenge. Um, and I really feel like, um, and I, and I call it, the kids know that, you know, you have to be strong enough for your life, you know, is what I tell them all the time, because it's going to take an inner strength to be solid that you are enough and that God created you like magic, like you're amazing. And so if you always hear that as you unfold and understand more about what that, what that enoughness really means, like you understand that that enoughness means whatever it is that are my talents, my gifts, and how I express myself, that's enough. That's good. You know, I call it good and I call it perfect. They are these wonderful, amazing humans. And so God didn't make no junk. And so I was, it held. Cause that's the thing about platitudes and wonderful things that we say, um, you know, you're loved unconditionally and you're this and God made you, you know, perfect in his sight. Oh, but not now. Yeah. Oh, but all of a sudden, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, either it is or it's not either like all of that is truth or it isn't truth. And so for us, as we moved through that moment, we were like, it's true. It's true. Our children mm -hmm. are perfectly and wonderfully made. They're a gift from God. And I'm grateful to have them and to be the parent to shepherd them through um, their adulthood. And um, that doesn't change. I love it. Could you give us a, a very brief, if possible, because I really want to move on to this journey that you just went on with your own mother, because I think oh, that's yes. also an interesting journey when we're talking about parenting and yeah. the difference between toxic parenting and moving out of that to become the kind of mother that you are, which is incredible. So very quickly in this, this process of getting to know 
Zion as he is, what were some of the initial like mistakes you made? Like a little brief bit of advice that you would give to parents that are facing this. Like, for example, I know that dead naming is very difficult for trans children. And that's something that took me a while to learn with trans friends in my life. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, that means calling the trans person by their former name of their, you know, sex assigned at birth, which I hope I'm saying that right too. So you know what? Okay, so <laughs> I feel like I have this this child that um, I, we really. I asked him how he felt about his former name, um, and it wasn't this abhorrence of what was past. It was this acceptance of what has transpiring. So it was so interesting, and that's why I use that whole idea of a caterpillar into a butterfly, because transitioning and transforming and revealing and constantly being yourself, that looks different. But when we know that that inner who you are stays the same, that's the solidness that we, we the person within, that spirit within, that Zion was Naya and is now Zion. And that is, has a through line to it for us because the spirit of you is still the same person. Um, he was very, um, he didn't feel this need to uh, ex-nay himself from the former. Um, and so that was really great for us. And in our groups, we do hear that that is very traumatic. Um, you know, getting the pronouns right in the beginning, making sure uh, he did want us to make sure that we spoke to the family and we spoke to um, friends so that he didn't have to constantly out himself. Um, and so that was really great because we could... Um, we could narrate it in the way, like I immediately called certain people, I immediately emailed our close friends and let them know, and then we came out on our Christmas card. Mm. So for that being, you know, we all wore suits um, <laughs> and let everybody know that we're living in this light because so much of it is like this, this thought of their shame. And I'm like, to be yourself, you know, and so I guess that that's the thing that people are like, you're okay, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm like, that's his truth. That's who he is. I'm, what I'm doing is being accepting of what is God created and I'm good with that, you know, mm -hmm. um, so mistakes, sorry, I'm not being brev, um, the brevity. Um, <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Yeah, so I think I, pronouns, getting that right. Um, and I told, you know, was probably challenging in the beginning. Dad was dragging a little more than me. <laughs> I kind of flipped. I flipped pretty quick. It took, and I mean, literally, he, he told us in July and started school and at the end of August as a boy. So it was like, boom, it was like, call the school and talk to, I mean, it was very, I mean, we were so blessed. We live in California, Los Angeles, um, you know, the schools and the teachers. Um, I had Zion make sure he, you know, I wrote all the teachers, but he, um, you know, uh, wrote a, he's a illustrator. And so he drew a, a picture for each teacher. And it's like, you're going to see me on the, you know, on the roster as Naya. 
but I'm a trans, you know, kid and my name is Zion and thank you for, you know, and every teacher was like on, not a problem. So we didn't run into so much that way. Um, and then leading into my mother was amazing. She, she came out during that summer and I hadn't spoken to her in probably a year. And I was very, and she surprised us. I was very concerned because she wanted to see us and take um, the kids um, school shopping. And I was like, we literally had just come into this new realization. So my mom, who's very um, Christian, religious, uh, I was very concerned about like, is she going to respect this? Is this going to be crazy making? What's going to happen? When I tell you she didn't, I think if I thought I was good with the pronouns and the name, seamless was oh, the craziest wow. thing. Okay. Interesting. Seamless. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seamless perfect transition that surprises me I was kind of um just making my own assumptions and thinking oh if you had difficulty with your mother who has just passed you just went through a hospice um situation where you and all of your siblings were able to be together I just decided my assumption was that she was having difficulty with that but this must be a whole different and the thing of this this is how I know and it's like it was so surprising to me and my mother was very mercurial so at the same time you could kind of like never pinpoint where it would just stick but also this the interesting thing with us is that it was a relationship with us that was causing a certain amount of turmoil um she was very uh very religious but at the same time, she had whatever she considered her out. I used to call it that she was the church of God in Christ, according to Princella. <laughs> she was her own religion. Okay. Like, she was, like, staunch Christian, but it's, like, the church of God in Christ, according to, you know, we have always, the whole ride, been um, on the edge of not being. Mm. And so, it's just, she was just constantly banishing me, constantly rejecting, constantly... Uh, leaving constantly and it's just I mean it was very it was interesting because I I videotaped her and um, and also just recorded her a lot especially in this last year because it was one almost a full year since her diagnosis and it was just it was she's just she was very interesting in what was her um, where her beliefs really stunted her so much that it kept her from like even her her breast cancer she literally had a growth that went from cancer inside to a huge growth on her breast that she didn't tell anybody about she didn't tell anybody that she had cancer she had it for years she oh didn't go to the gosh. girl it was like oh my lord and literally she went on some trip and um she barely made it back and and so because my my dad had died the year before and so here we are and he had died of cancer and she didn't say i mean we've not we didn't have a clue february my siblings went to go see her after this trip 
and she was just kind of on her deathbed. Like they went in and they were like a smell, everything was insane. And so she says, you know, that God had been administrating uh, all of her meds and her painkillers. And, you know, it was really one of those things where you're just like, you have insurance. Wow. What, you know, and so it was, it was, it was intense what her, where her boundaries of what was Christ-like, what was directed from God, because everything that was happening through my whole life has always been, God told me, I've been instructed. Um, so I grew up with, you know, the reason why you're excommunicating me now is because God told you. So it was very... Um, Something God would never say. God does not separate family. That's antithetical to everything. I feel like for me and her, it was always that, um, you know, how I came about just, you know, my mom had, uh, she was date raped. And so I'm a result of that. And so my, yeah, I always felt like that was kind of like from conception kind of feel. Um, I feel like her belief was so romanticized in her that it was kind of like anything that was something too big for Princella to deal with ended up being given over to I'm gonna it's almost like good cop bad cop you know if I didn't want to do such and such then God would tell me that I was not supposed to do such and such and then I don't have to do it and so that seemed to be more of what happened constantly over the years. Like, I'm tired of you. I don't want to deal with you. So guess what? God told me that I'm not supposed to deal with you anymore. Wow. And so, um, but then I, the, the whole situation with her health, it was really stunning. It was really like, we were all like, not quite... And then it was like, you're still having a fully functioning mother who's explaining to you all of the chapter and verse of how you've been praying for yourself and intercessory um, and all the people are praying for you. And then we went full tilt into everything medical to try to save her. And um, it was just, and for the year, I had a mother that I hadn't had for all that time. For such a long time like she stayed very um because she would go into very unkindness and very angry and mean um and then for this past year as we were working with you know her and the doctors and everything she kind of i i call it having her wig fall off she only had her wig fall off once because oh. <laughs> she would just go from being everything's fine to like and you know what and you're like ah. wow oh, so no. it just sounds like such an immense amount of instability and not feeling like you have a safe place to land like I really can't imagine having someone that that is so unpredictable like you don't know where the rules are and you don't know how to please them and you don't know what they want you to be and that sounds like such a struggle. So I think my question for you would be like, how on earth then did you become the mother that you are that has created a landscape of such 
amazing emotional stability and wisdom and love and patience and kindness like how do you become that you know what it's interesting because i think i mean first of all to give deference to my mom there it's like she has five kids and all of us are really great kids yeah I only so know one, but you both are awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have, there's five of us. And so I feel like sometimes you get the message without getting in the way of what the messenger was, you know, like how they were fallible. So I, you know, I mean, one thing that I was sure of the whole time growing up is that um, God was real and he was loved. And even though I had this vengeful God conversation happening through my mom, I just, it just didn't ever ring true for me. Mm. And I really, um, and it was like, it was a religious household, like, you know, the devil's in the phone, don't we? weren't able to answer the phone for years. You know what I mean? Like that kind of, like, it was like, Like you know. Like superstitious more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, just really interesting to like what her, you know, what it was that had basically captured her imagination in the Bible for that period of time kind of thing. And, but I really knew that there was a sense that I needed to continually um, speak my story. So find places that I could um, so that, you know, better out than in. I was not a stuffer. Um, And for so long when I was in the house, it was the thing of don't tell the wrong person because they would split up your house, you know, because there was a lot of other things going on. um, And that, you know, that were things that I was having to deal with. Uh, And so I knew that like, even though this was a bad situation, there's worse, you know, you could all be put in foster care, all kinds of things could happen. Oh man! So I did understand that, um, that there was such a thing as mental health and keeping mine was very important. Um, and I did was introduced to just the understanding of what's bigger than me and spirit and love. And I wanted to get me some, you know, I was, you know, steadfast on making sure that um, I really studied and I learned and I sat underneath people that I thought had a, you know, had some grasp on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was able to continually heal myself. And it's, you know, it's a, you know, I was talking on my um with my um, platform the other day, it's just like tending to our wounds, you know, because hurt people hurt people. And so I know my mom was hurting and she was hurtful. And my desire is to continually tend to my own wounds. uh, And so that I can be my most healthy whole person moving forward so that my husband gets the best of me and not the walking wounded I'm afraid you can leave me because I've been left and I'm scared about this and that. And fear, fear is what we're seeing everywhere in our world. And it's really um, the cancer that's everywhere. Uh, People that are afraid. And the biggest thing is that there's not enough. They're not enough and there's not enough. And so that's such a big thing that, you know, we feed in our house. We feed that enoughness. Yeah. Because we want that to grow. 
Amazing. I am just remembering, I always repeated the, these two things that Ali told me. Uh, he was the very first person to say, are you making decisions out of love or fear? And I've used that ever since. And then the more that I've learned about my own faith practice and the Bible, it's, it's very biblical. You know, it says over 90 times in the Bible not to fear and that God is love. So yeah. it's such it's such a simplifying way of looking at something and being like, am I choosing love or am I choosing fear? In the case of your child coming out as trans, you know, if you want to squelch that and tell them they're wrong or tell them they're going to hell, where is that decision based from? That is only yeah. fear. It is not love. And I think you've made such a brilliant point about wounded people, wounding people. Like we've been wounded by this toxic theology of LGBTQ people going to hell or of trans people being an abomination. And that's our own wounding. And we better not go out wounding our brothers and sisters or our children in that same way that we've been wounded. Like you did the work, you did the research, you educated yourself and you chose to react out of love. And to me, there is nothing more biblical and true than the way you and your family have handled this situation. And I also remember Ali saying to me, I was really jealous, actually, of a girl who auditioned for the same role as me on Numbers. Beautiful girl. Like, it just, it was like she'd roll out of bed and every opportunity <laughs> came her way. And I was like, I hate this girl. <laughs> and, um, you know, Ali. You're talking, about, you're talking about the thing he's like, what's for you? Well, yeah, he was like, he said, if you're, he's like, go on and be jealous. That's fine. But then you have to take that person's entire journey. Does she have an absent father? Does she struggle with an eating disorder? Does she, you know, and it's not like any of these things are terrible about a person, but he's like, you can't just pick and choose. Oh, I'm jealous of these 15 people for all their great attributes and blessings because we are in totality people that struggle, we suffer, we come against so many different obstacles in our life. So if someone has something really good, they've either worked for it or they're learning through it and there's no cause for envy. And like you just said, there's enough for everyone. There's enough for Zion to live in his fullness as the man that he was born to be. And there's enough for you to get your healing and to be the mother that you were born to be. There's enough for all of us if we're just choosing love. And you and Ali taught me all these things. Aw, you're so sweet. <laughs> I mean, you're just, you're still just the most, um, I just saw you as being this like little sunbeam with so much ready to absorb what was happening around you and understand and wanting to be a light, you know? And so, you know, watching you shine is just, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's like, and bringing your own brand of what, because I think that's like that curiosity and the knowingness of what you know in your heart to be true um, is what sets that, that, um, the world on fire. It's like when you go, all right, I, you know, I just feel in my heart that this thing is just not lining up. And I just feel, you know, um, that, you know, I'm meant to, to speak on that. And so those are the ways that you find what it is that I'm supposed to be here doing, you know, because so much of, you know, what I tell the kids is that, you know, we all came with a gift. We all have something to give and shine our light on in this world. And um, 
you know, we have to get about doing that. So, but that whole idea of not being enough, it just is, it's like, it creates craters and, you know, huge, humongous, like insanity in people because it's a insatiable, there is not going to be enough if I don't claw, grab, steal, kill, because you know um my way of life what does this mean does that mean you don't have like a house to live in or like how are people stealing things from you and taking you know just from them being their fullness of themselves yeah and so I really am excited to see how creating more of that understanding in ourselves and tending to that wound really creates a um an existence that allows room for everybody and so definitely for um you know I call it the new community that I'm a part of because you know once you have a child that is in that another community or you join it um you know uh it's it becomes another group that you now identify with and so I really uh and then without any fear because I tell, you know, people are like, but aren't you afraid? And I'm like, if I insert, how am I going to be fearful of something that God made him perfectly made to walk this journey? And I'm definitely, life is going to throw at us so many things that, you know, and at our children, you know, as you've had your little one, you look at them and you're just wanting everything to be perfect, but they'll have their heart broken by somebody sometime. Yeah. They'll have, you will know, he'll fall, he'll stumble, they'll things will happen to them. But my desire is that I'm not going to heap any extra fear on this. I'm going to um, know that he's going to be strong enough for his life and that there is enough, there's enough room for him. There's enough, you know, of his own, you know, being just secure in himself. Cause that's what makes a way for you yeah. is knowing who you are. Mm. And so that's just a beautiful thing to watch. Keep, you know, watch that keep blossoming in him and just, you know, knowing that that's what I am putting out in the world and that keeps creating a way for it away for it there's more than enough you know mm-hmm. so amen thank you so much for this conversation <laughs> i'm so happy you were to have me it was just i'm just been watching and all of your the things that i'm learning on your channel i'm just thrilled i'm just proud <laughs> i just proud. so much to me do you still have courses that are beginning we didn't miss them yet so my coaching practice is called the yummy factor by dior and um it's really just wanting to help people you know tend to their wounds um make plans and um i you know i always say that it's in, i'm about empowering relationships and inspiring how we live in this world and yeah, it can be yummy, you know, because so many people are struggling, whether it's in their relationship, the first relationships with ourselves, you know, and so that's where the tending to the wounds happen. And then it just is an outcropping how you're relating with, you know, your significant other and then your babies. Um, and then that basically is creating our society. So if you tend to that Uniqueness and create that enoughness there, then your relationship with your honey becomes this other yummy place that you learn and grow. And then that seeps out to your children. And then you're raising these humans that are out in the world doing great things. So I'm real passionate about that. And 
still being an actor and a writer because, you know, that's my first love. But all of these are healing and telling the stories mm -hmm. that create that space of healing and, um, you know, just growing. So I love that. So you can find me, yes, at the Yummy Factor by Dior. Um, and then I have courses. I did a course that was really geared towards coming out of that year that we had last year and it's having uh. the final death throes <laughs> right now i need to take that course <laughs> from grime to glow but um i'm retrofitting it right now for the new year because it's really about you know wanting humans to think deeply about ourselves and what we're doing and sometimes you just lose sight because it's just so much crazy making outside that you lose sight of what it is that i'm here to do what is it that's my purpose? What helps make me hum? And how can I go about making sure I'm, you know, being about that? So yeah. I'm, you know, I'm real happy to um, be a part of ushering people in that way, inspiring mm. people. Yeah, you're reminding me of something you guys always used to say too. Don't talk about it, be about it. <laughs> Girl, be about it. <laughs> we need more people who are, who are not just talking and being, and being, you know, yeah. like, Yep, being their real authentic selves being. Because if you think of all these people who are tortured by not being true to who they are and spewing all of this hatred and, ups, you know, that is like, you know, because I mean, if you think about how much time you would have to be thinking about damning anybody when you're sitting in your fullness mm -hmm. and you're feeling like you're, you know, fulfilled and happy and joyful, how much time do I have? Because I tell the kids, it's like, if you just, you know, bandy about in your life, never thinking about why do I feel that way? What's going on with me? Why am I constantly angry about things? Why am I jealous of people all the time? Why am I, you know, why am I eating crazy? Whatever it is, if you don't take that time, then you're just like this, the ball in the ping pong machine. You're just like being bounced about all day long, reacting to life and things, everything's making you mad, hitting your trigger points. You're just like, you're foaming at the mouth. And like, that is the people that you end up having to interact with all day long whether it's who cuts oh, yeah. you off in traffic, oh, yeah. you know? God presents like, your issue. It's like going to come at you again and again and again until you fix it. Until you fix it. And that's an inside job, you know? Yeah. But what else are you here doing? Trying to get likes on IG. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you ain't trying to live your best, full, healthy, whole, yummy life, then what is it that you are trying to do? Thank you so much for all your wisdom. And I'm going to link everything below the B course as well, because if y'all can't tell, Dawn is a wellspring of <laughs> knowledge and wisdom and love. And I, like I said, I've been drawing back to the messages her and her husband gave me from over 10 years ago and they still affect me today. So Yay. I recommend. <laughs> and that's it. We love you all so much. God bless. God bless. <laughs>